listening to the Click Track Podcast, a podcast about the music we love and what makes it tick. Welcome to episode four of the third season of the Click Track Podcast. This week, it's part three of our series about the elements of design, color, and space. Hey, hello everybody. Welcome to ClickTrack. I'm Pete. And I'm Matt. And uh, if you've been listening to our podcast lately this season, you know we, we're doing something different. We are. We're, we're um, basically uh, using the elements of design, uh, which is a concept that is usually applied to uh, fine arts like drawing, painting, design, and trying to use that as a framework to talk about music. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why we started ClickTrack, to just kind of like talk about music and, and talk about how to listen to music and how to talk about it. Yeah, and I think, you know, I know one of the, the themes of, of your life, Pete, is just arming people with words to be able to describe and have good conversations about the music that they enjoy and that they listen to. And I feel like this is like... This whole series is a bit of an extension of, of that aim of yours, which I think has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, so we've we've talked about some other elements of design. We've talked about our um, uh, line and uh, movement. And uh, shape and texture, but not exactly in that order. Right. But anyway, if you've been paying attention, you'll know how to stitch right. them together. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and today we want to talk about a couple of things. We want to talk about um, color. Uh-huh. Like how how can you use color words to talk about music? Yeah, and then um, and then we want to talk about uh, space or perspective. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of different terms you could use for Dimension, kind of the same thing. Depth, yeah, but basically the idea of like the spaciousness or lack thereof in in music and yeah. how we can kind of wrap our heads around, heads around that while we're listening to stuff. Yeah, so you want to start. Let's start off with color, just because sure. it's the easier of the of the two. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it doesn't sound that way because color sounds like the antithesis of music. Right. Right. You see color. Mm-hmm. How can you hear color? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about color and music is um, there's this great series. If you can get a hold of it, it's it's like Time Magazine's. Um, it's like a documentary. It's a DVD series called The History of Rock and Roll, and in the introduction. Bono um, makes this crazy statement that he thinks that the E chord played on the guitar is is um, he describes it as being bright red. Wow! Yeah, that's crazy. What does an E chord sound like, Pete? It sounds. I mean, to me, that's weird because it's like it's like saying that the uh, that the number three. <laughs> It's like you saying that the number three is somehow is different, yeah, 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 different than the number four. Well, yeah. the number three only has value in relation to other numbers, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna grab my guitar. Okay. All right, so uh, I grab my guitar, and uh, now Pete, will you please play for, play for us an E? So does that does that sound red to you? Does that sound any more red? Than... Play one more time. Play one okay, more. I'm gonna the, close my eyes this time. E chord. Close your eyes, everybody. I don't know. It feels kind of more like a, uh, uh, <laughs> a 
sort of a, no. a sepia <laughs> you're, Sierra. You're like making a, things up. No, dude, yeah. I'm serious. Okay. It has a warm question, brown sound. <laughs> question is, uh-huh. does it sound any more red than, like, for instance, a G chord? Like, that, really? I, I, I'm going to go with green for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 laugh at ourselves and we laugh at this but in fact um well think it, yeah yeah who's to say that bono's wrong he right. thinks it sounds red yeah and that's how i mean like my whole thing is like if he wants to say that's red and that's a way for him to feel comfortable about talking about music mm-hmm. then like great then there's more people talking about music mm-hmm and it, we can learn something from Bono. Yeah. It, you know, many things. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so Bono has a lot. Has Bono has a lot. The, the, the wise, great yeah. Bono. Yeah. Uh, Bono Vox. Uh, yeah. is, uh, we should all sit at his feet. We should. But um, He would like that. He would. <laughs> but but um, one thing he could teach us is that, like, using simple color words to describe music just opens up a dialogue, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so what are some other ways to think about color in music like what do you think of when you think of color in music uh, you know um it's funny i think about like filling something in and i think about uh you know like going from you know i mean it all kind of you you'll suddenly start hearing me use other words like texture and that sort of thing but right. but i think when i think of color though like somehow that that for me hits it like Almost like it, it crosses over with like a clarity of sound. There's this uh, there's this jazz musician I've been listening to lately, um, and his name well, his name is Walter Smith III, and he has this great album called Twio. It's a brand new record from this year, and there's a track on that thing called Adam's Apple, and I feel like kind of as I listen to the song and I close my eyes I get it kind of almost is not quite like fireworks but there's definitely almost a color progression like feels like a a big black plane of you know and then and as as the different elements of of the music come in it's going to start off with this really punchy uh drum and that and the drummer is just it's just wild and off the hook and it's all over the place syncopated and it has a really rapid uh kind of unpredictable varying sound and already like it starts each one of the hits sounds like kind of almost a different color to me and then as the different instruments start coming in it changes um sort of the brightness of it and it changes the the tone of it if if you will so yeah so i mean this this track doesn't have any one color um but for me it kind of moves it really is a very like visual and colorful piece of music. Cool. All right, my friend, tell me uh, a track for you that that might have a color to go along with it. I mean, here's a funny one. Here's a um, uh, one of my favorite bands is this band um, called Starflyer Fifty Nine. And they had a record. This is maybe where color is uh, almost can be suggested upon music, mm. almost like the way like when you listen to the blues, mm-hmm. like what color are you gonna think of? <laughs> sure, blue, right? Yeah. And so um, th- there's this record by this band called Starflyer '59. It was their debut record, 
And the cover is just silver. And it was self-titled, but fans started calling it Silver. Oh, interesting. And so when I listened to it, I love it. It's one of my favorite records. Um, When I listened to it, the the, the songs sound silver to me. Interesting. They have this like silver color in my mind. Huh. So it's kind of prohibitive that way. Yeah, yeah. I can't it's almost like unfair for the musician yeah. to, to name their album a color. Right. Yeah. It's weird. See if you uh, think the same thing when you when you hear this, this sound. Okay, so so you talked about um, your last piece kind of had fireworks of different colors yeah, going yeah. off for you, but but not one color. Do you have? You feel like you can identify a piece of music that invokes some kind of specific color for you? Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely have one. Uh, Frederick Chopin composed a series of these things that he called Nocturne. Uh, the Nocturne is, of course, like a piece of music for the night, and uh, number one performed by um, Arthur Rubinstein. And this whole nocturne for me is a very particular lavender, kind of like that lavender that you might see in the sky just before the sun sets. You know, when we when we talk about color, um, I, I kind of challenged you a little bit to think about a specific color, um, but it doesn't have to be even that specific. Like, um, just the other day, um, uh, my wife and I were driving. She wanted to to play some music that she's been listening to and kind of show me that. And the artist's name is Suzanne Sandfor. Hmm. It's uh, she's. Norwegian? Scandinavian uh-huh, of, of sure. some sort. And there's a O with a line through it yeah, yeah. somewhere in there. Maybe Swiss. Swedish. Swedish. Yeah, yeah it could be. Uh-huh. It could be. And um, and she described her as like dance pop. Huh. So in my mind, I'm thinking of, you know, I'm thinking of like club hits. right? Yeah, I'm sure. thinking of like a Katy Perry kind of thing. Yeah. And basically this is what came on.
And s- <laughs> wow, that's yeah. not not what I would call Euro pop. I mean, right. that, that yeah. to me is uh, in a whole other territory. And so and so, like we started listening to it, and I said, you know, you said dance pop. I was thinking Katy Perry. Yeah. And and uh, you know, or 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 like Lady Gaga. I'm thinking yeah. like just like wrote club hits, right? Sure. And uh, and um, and I said, but. But this is much, and we both looked at each other and said the word darker, hmm. right? It's yeah, darker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we followed that up by talking about why, okay, so why, you know, we started talking about what makes it sound darker. Yeah. Is it just the lyrics? The lyrics are kind of dark, but is there a is there a sort of a shade drawn on mm-hmm. the music? And I even made the comparison, we started talking about how those like drum sounds and stuff, that sounds like, that sounds like late 90s, like nine inch nails, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Those like harsh machine-like sounds. You let me penetrate you. You let me complicate you. Help me. I broke apart my insides. Help me. I've got no soul to tell. Help me. The only thing that works for me. Help me get away from myself. Yeah, I mean, and that stuff immediately took me to, to New Wave. Yeah. And, you know, New Wave was always a shade or two darker than yeah. than what it's, what you'd hear on the radio. And that was the appeal, actually, because it felt a little uh, off the beaten path and, and, like, a little bit more mature. Like, yeah. you know, I'm a 13-year-old who can kind of go into the darkness right. a little bit. You know what and, I mean? And even the artwork that followed yeah. those bands, like Depeche Mode or, yeah, or sure. The Cure, is it's black and purple sure it's dark yeah. red right and so those those colors kind of come to mind because i'm thinking that sort of dark yeah uh well my i mean honestly like minor keys sound yeah, it's a minor key sound to have a darker sound i wonder yeah. i wonder if 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 you were oh, to play sure. a, a minor chord oh, on guitar. the guitar right. can you can you play something dark pete yeah like if i was um See, even just that, just two yeah. simple minor chords. Yeah. Here's the major version of that. Right, now we're back to, you know, fields full of daisies again. Right, yeah, yeah it's much brighter, right? Yeah. So we're not talking about specific colors there, but no. we're talking about, like, sort of dark colors, yeah. bright yeah. colors, right? Yeah. 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 It's r- really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, color, is, it's, it's a good... It, uh, it goes actually well with, with what we're going to talk about next because mm-hmm. you start talking about a field of daisies mm. and sudden suddenly we're in a space. Yeah, totally. And, and that's what we want to talk about next is, is talking about um, what we would call space or perspective. Yeah, in dimension. Music. Yeah, yeah, dimension. is like where do you see yourself in relation to the, the artwork, mm-hmm. right? So, so correct me if I'm wrong, but in visual arts, I think of like... Um, a, a space or, or perspective as like when you can make a drawing of 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 a city street mm-hmm. and the buildings the street gets narrower as mm-hmm. as as yeah. as it goes right you and draw a horizon line and you put a dot on that horizon yeah. line and you 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 trace a couple of lines at an yeah. angle coming toward the camera and now you're the, you know yeah, or, the sorry, buildings yeah. the cubes of the buildings sort of 
morph towards that perspective sure. line, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember, I mean, do you remember like in third grade or fourth grade when you first learned perspective? Yeah. And I don't know if this happened to you, but I remember like I would draw these like country roads and yeah. there'd be a line right down the middle and I'd uh-huh. draw fences on either side yeah. and then I'd draw these diminishing size uh, little farmhouses on either side of the road and then way off in the distance I'd put a mountain range and anyway, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the sense of like being able to, in a two-dimensional space, evoke three dimensions is kind right. of what's happening in in, right. in art in the mona lisa you are ju- you are just up against the mona lisa's face there's not that's the place that's where right. you are in relation there to is her. there is a you know the a way off in the background kind of this oh. rural scene but it, there's oh. no connection between her and the scene behind her right. she's kind of this floating person in front of this uh this world way off kind of murky and hazy in the distance yeah. Or in or in sculpture, mm-hmm. the art is actually in your space. Mm. You don't have to imagine being in the painting or in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. You the the uh, David is is like in in your business. Sure. Right? Or you're in his. I in mean, his yeah. business. He's got his business. <laughs> yeah. Behind the fig leaf. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, and and I think one. I think what a really interesting thing actually, if you just kind of look at the development of recorded music. Uh, is you know sound started, and what we could what we could listen to on the radio started off as monaural, so it was a single signal, and then over the course of time it happened in cinema and it also happened uh, at home. This idea of separating the music into two tracks, and the moment that they did that, they they immediately started to suggest. Uh, spatial, a spatial quality that like something's coming from the right side, something's coming to the left side, from the left side. And now, you know, we go to a movie yeah. and Dolby's got this thing called Atmos and they literally have like 40 speakers around the theater and they're all putting out slightly different signals and the whole goal is to make you, the listener, feel like you're in a space. And so much of what, so many of the cues that we get from being in a space I mean, as much as they are visual, if you close your eyes when you're in a space yeah. and you just listen, yeah. you can tell where things are. Yeah, you, you can could, tell how big of a room totally, you're in. Totally. Yeah. If someone was to put earplugs on you and, and cover your eyes and then drop you in the middle of a concert hall and unplug your ears, you would know that you were in a cavernous space just by the, the sound cues uh-huh. that are going on around you or a forest or whatever the case right. may be. Yeah, you so, can, yeah that's, that's interesting. Okay, so let's talk about some real examples of what we were talking about. Um, the, I, I'm glad you brought up like mono and stereo because, uh, so like especially the you know my sort of wheelhouse is, is sort of the history of, of rock and roll and how that started and progressed, mm. and and um, um, reading a lot about it and, and sort of discovering a, a lot about it. I think a great example is is um, Little Richard um, because I've read so much about how. Um, in the studio, really, you're you're using at that point in time just one microphone uh-huh. in a room full of musicians. You got a drummer, you got a piano player, you got backup singers, uh-huh. guitar players, bass, and then a singer. Yeah. And then how do you make? There's no overdubs. Yeah. Right. So the singer's singing live with the band. You got to get it all right. Yeah. But then, if if these other things are like amplified or drums are louder, then what you got to do is you got to you got to put the singer closer to the mic. Yeah. You got to put the drums way in the back mm-hmm. and the producer's job 
And the engineer's job was to get those ratios of closeness to the mic. So what you're doing, perfect. so what you're doing is you're actually adjusting your mix yeah. by positioning yeah. people in the room. That's really yeah. cool. So that that yeah. itself is space and perspective, right? Sure. Yeah. However, the end result that we get in our ears, because it's mono, it's just one microphone. We're yeah. not going to get guitar in the left ear and, and a little bit of drums or a little bit of backing vocals in the right ear. It's not going to happen. You're just going to get one squashed sound through both of your ears. Hmm. So, you know, it kind of sounds like this. But, but we hear music all the time that's, that's mixed in stereo now. Right, sure. And people can overdub things like you were talking about mm -hmm. and create some sort of depth. Mm -hmm. So what, like, what, what would be a good example of that? Uh, I mean, for, for a stereo mix, I think, you know, it could go to, well, most of the Beatles' early catalog, almost all of it, they recorded in mono. And then when they released those albums in the United States, someone went in after the fact and did a stereo mix on them. But I think toward the end of their career, correct me if I'm wrong, but sort of like starting from Sgt. Pepper's going uh -huh. forward, they yeah. actually recorded in stereo. Right. And so if you listen here to Day in the Life, you'll hear an intentional separation of sound from the left to the right. You know, I, I, I'm sure you're all tired of hearing me talk about Radiohead, but just, just to kind of close the loop on sort of going from like the flatness of mono to sort of like the inklings of spatial, spatiality with stereo to sort of where we are now. Radiohead uh, last year released this record called The Moonshaped Pool, and, and there's a track on it called Daydreaming, and what one of the things, I mean, even the title kind of suggests this sort of like dreamy space, you know, you're not, you're, you're, you're kind of untethered. And if you listen closely to the mix, you'll hear things that seem way off in the distance and other things that are really present and they're moving around left to right in front of you, behind you. And, you know, kind of going back to that whole Atmos idea. I mean, what music producers these days are doing is they're, they're really taking full advantage of, of space and dynamics. Uh, in their mixes.
that was a really good step-by-step sort of explanation of 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 maybe kind of literal depth and space. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll take a total right turn, please, and just talk about uh, or left turn. I don't know which I, which both, kind of turn. Know, no perpendicular. Pun, no pun intended. That's perpendicular. You're going to go perpendicular <laughs> to the direction we've been going, yeah. which is great. Great. Um, so so one of my pet peeves, one of my least favorite bands of all time. I hate this band. Oh man, let me see. Can when I it, guess? It, Can I guess? There's sure. All right, I'm going to guess the Who. It's the Who. <laughs> I hate the Who. I hate a lot of bands, <laughs> but the Who is my least favorite band ever. Okay, why? And a, and a lot of people, a lot of people think that that's like sacrilege because uh-huh. the Who is supposed to be like this, you know, especially me, sort of like a rock history kind of person. Um, why don't I appreciate the Who is sort of quintessentially like rock, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's just the problem. Here's my take on space and perspective when we think about music: is the reason I hate the Who is when I ask a Who fan, I challenge them, and I say, so when you listen, pick, I say, pick a Who song, and they'll tell me. It's usually Baba, Baba, what's it called? <laughs> and, <laughs> Baba O'Reilly? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's usually that one. Uh-huh. And I say, I say, pick a song, they pick it, and I say, what does that make you think of? What visual yeah. things in your brain does that make you think of? What place are you at? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, I think of like amplifiers, like big stacks of amplifiers. And I say, okay, keep going, go further, dig deeper into that. Well, I, th- I see like guitars and ex- you know exploding guitars and and a dude like jumping, right? I yeah. see microphones. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, right? Those are the things used to make the music. Yeah. It would it would be like if I if I asked you to listen to a piece of classical music, right? Yeah. Um, and I, and I was to say, oh, dude, you know what I think of? I think of the woodwind. Right. And I think of the. I think of violins. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't think of a conductor. Yeah. You know? I, I, I see the baton going back yeah. and forth. Well, well, geez, right? You're not really using your brain. You're yeah. Not... Or, or it's just like one could say that that music is not very evocative. Right. That particular music. <laughs> and, 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 and the who in this case, I believe that's that's the thing is that their music does not transport me. It actually, mm. I have the same feeling when I listen to their music. I I hear amplifiers. Mm-hmm. I hear guitars. Mm-hmm. I might hear. I might see stage explosions in my head. Beyond mm-hmm. that, I'm not seeing much. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take. It doesn't transport it's me so to a place. Yeah. So 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 to me, part of space and perspective in music is like, wh- where do you, where do you find your? Where do you see yourself? Do you mm. do you? Are you transported to a field of daisies? Mm. Are you in floating in outer space? Mm-hmm. Are you are you sort of like submerged in 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 underwater mm-hmm. fantasy world? What what is that place for you? Floating down a river in a boat. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. how does that work for you? Yeah. And 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 I I really think that like most good music, quote unquote, should like do that for you in some kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, like pull you out of wherever you might be. I mean, I definitely listen. Actually, I'll give you a great example. Yeah. So, um, 
I've been working on this project at work lately and you know what winds up happening is a bunch of us get into a room and we're all working together it's uh -huh. very interactive and it's very collaborative and right. and um what I've been doing lately particularly at moments of technical difficulties or technical challenges is I will I have a playlist of of some really great 1960s jazz uh -huh. and and what a lot of this music does is it really just chills and mellows you out it kind of takes you to sort of like a peaceful place uh -huh. and when you have a bunch of people who are waiting on technical things right it's actually like really nice to sort of turn down the tension and slow things down a little mm -hmm. bit and kind of create some space for for our technical folks to you know figure out the problems or whatever the case may be anyway and and i've i've been using music uh, as a way to sort of help to to lower the tension and ease the tension, and I think that you know it's, it's directly because that music has a transporting quality to it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And to each person in that room, they might be thinking these thoughts of totally different individual places that sure. that takes them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and I've been doing the same thing actually. It was working so well at work. You know, sometimes my kids wake up in the morning, they're grumpy and they're fighting with each other and all this stuff. And so before they come downstairs now, I've just been putting on super chill, chill music, music and they come down and it's transformative. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to me, if, if movies, you know, that feeling of when you're, you go to a good movie and you're, you forget about where you are, where you are, you're transported to that place. Yeah. I went and saw Black Panther this weekend. Yeah. And I, I was there in Wakanda, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then when we... St I haven't had this feeling for a while. When Jill and I stepped out of the theater, we were like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Back to life. Back to life. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. And, and, and so... And we do that with visual art, too. We look at the painting and we, we place ourselves in it. Mm -hmm. And then we come back out of it, back into real life. Well, why can't music do that, too? Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it... For me, it does it all the time, and and I, I agree with you that 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 is you know uh, uh, that transportive quality is a thing that will make me like a piece of music more. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, did we do uh, an okay job of describing like space, perspective, depth? I think so. You know, uh, dear listeners out there in the world, if you have any thoughts about any of these elements of design that we've discussed, or any any that we yeah. haven't some feedback or, yeah you yeah. want to you want to shoot us some feedback you can totally uh at us on twitter and that's just at clicktrackpc or you can shoot us an email at uh clicktrackpodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you uh, the folks that we've actually spoken to about this series as you know they folks have been pretty uh excited and intrigued and and have kind of liked this this transposition of the elements of design onto music. And, and it's been a lot of fun for us. But if you have any thoughts or you, you have anything you want to share with us about any of that, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And, and maybe another challenge besides just giving us feedback is try it out like this week. Yeah. So you hear this podcast. Now, the next time you're with somebody else listening to music at the same time, um, try turning to them while, while listening to the music together and saying, you know, when I hear this song, it, it makes me think of the color green mm. and I, and I don't know why. Yeah. Or, um, you know, when I, when I hear this song, uh, I'm sort of transported to like a, a snowy mountainscape. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. then, and then talk with the person about why it sounds that way to you yeah. and just see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. All right. Okay. You try that this week. 
we'll come back to you in a, in a couple weeks with a, with a sort of a wrap up episode. Yeah. We're, next episode, we're gonna put on a piece of music, just one piece of music. Yeah. And and Matt and I are just gonna go through the elements of design and, and just kind of comment on as as we listen live to the piece of music, almost as like a a a, a, a way to sort of like both recap and just like try it out, see if it works. You know, and if you would like to actually be uh, sort of in tune with us while this is happening or, or sort of like on the same page with us, we'll tell you that the, the, the piece of music is called uh, Sugar for the Pill by Slow Dive. And it's a it's a, an album that came out last year. And uh, was it last year or two years yeah, ago? Yeah, 2016, it, no, 2017? 17, yeah. Yeah, 20, one of my favorite records of 2017. Um and uh, that's the that's the track. So if you want to give that thing a listen, and you yeah, want to start listen. thinking for yourself about like what elements of design do you hear in that, it'd be yeah. you know think about line, think about shape as you listen to it, think yeah. about color, talk about it with somebody else, and then come back, listen to our next episode, and and see if your thoughts and ours do they comport, do they conflict? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Okay, uh, until then. Yeah. I'll see you later, Matt. So long, Pete. See you, everybody. Bye-bye. The Click Track Podcast is made by Pete Gidlin and Matt Silas. If you like this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to check out the other music podcast we make. It's called The Musical Moment. <laughs>